ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. It's another week. It's another episode of Cincy Brewcast. We are coming at you on location at a very closed, echoey uh, Fibonacci Brewing Company. We've never done a show from inside Fibonacci because of what the space does when you get a couple people in here. <laughs> so this is a this is a fun one. Um, you guys are. Uh, for us heading into your birthday weekend for everybody that's listening to this heading out of your birthday weekend. So hopefully everybody that's listening to this was here. I assume if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you're one of those people that are probably coming this weekend, but if not, uh, number one, you screwed up. Number two, um, come out this week and, uh, look at everything that's happening with, with this place because, um, I, I think, this is finally starting to come together and form this bigger picture of what Fibonacci is. So Betty Bolas, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Um, Probably what last summer, I guess it was hot outside. I know that whenever urban for their Epicurean release and that's true. But but as far as us being here, yeah, you were on, you were on and see now I, I have no, image in my head of when that was because we were inside. Of it was right spin. before Thanksgiving because that's when they did yes, that. It was yeah. like, yep, you're right. Um, so we didn't get a chance to really talk a lot about Fibonacci on that show though. The last time we were here was kind of right as all of this was really announced and um, the picture was kind of drawn out for people to try to picture what this is. And, and the construction um, was supposed to take three months and not a year and a half. <laughs> Isn't that like the rule of everything in beer is that it always takes longer than you think it's going to take? Yes, but not this project. <laughs> so um, before we start, let's, uh, we have a beer in front of us, so let's start with that. And then we'll kind of dig into what um, the Fib Farm is and uh, what it means for Fibonacci. From the beer fridge. But we need to drink some beer. So this is one of the beers that's being released this weekend, last weekend, depending on how you're picturing this in your head. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about this. What's the name of the beer? Does it have a fun name? It has to have a fun name. So it's Origin of Species, which the philosophy behind it is to have a tea in this English mild that's from a different area or that the flavorings are from a different area so did that i mean i guess we can call it a series did that start with one of the employee beers or yes so jenny hilgefort did an english mild with tea um i think it was earl gray tea a year or two ago um and people loved it she got some great reviews for that beer um and then bob and sam wanted to just expand on it and do multiple different teas. So we partnered with Churchill's Teas. Um, they have a space in Finley Market and Rookwood. So the base of this is an English mild, is mm-hmm. that right? Um, and then this one is a, what, you said blueberry rubus? Berry muffin rubus. Okay. So it's the only one in the series that's non caffeinated. My personal favorite is the pistachio pu'er, which is a fermented Chinese tea. Man, that's really good. Um, so what I like about this beer is that it, there's a lot of times where I've had a beer, be it a, a coffee beer, a tea beer, or whatever it may be, where people tend to go a little over the top with it just to say, hey, look, here it is, or on the other side of the 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 scale they don't really put enough and so i still want it to be a beer and it this fits right in that nice comfortable middle ground between the two like there's definitely a you can taste that it's tea and i think enough so that if you have somebody that comes in it's not really a beer drinker and as you're talking you find out they like tea this would satisfy that kind of iced tea urge too um but at the same time, if you're a beer drinker and you aren't necessarily into tea, it fits that too. So it's great. It's not, uh, I'm going to say the, 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 the muffin and that kind of stuff. I get this image in my head and it doesn't necessarily um, match up to what I anticipated it was going to be, but it's really good. Yeah. And the other two that we did that we don't have out right now is the Java Mate and the um, Turkish Bazaar. So it was, even though tea is only grown in certain countries because 
of the nature of the climate. Right. Um, the thought behind origin of species was to get the different attributes that you might get in other countries. If you hear any background noise, that's Bob Bolas downstairs processing what cantaloupe you said. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. I don't know if it comes through on the mics or not, but... Um, so the beers you guys have announced that you're going to have this weekend, um, the Lower Gravity, that's your collaboration with Higher Gravity um, to commemorate the uh, the moon landing. And then you've got the Harafa, which is a cream ale with Thai basil, honey, and lemon. You have the Compton, which is going to be the first one that I get when I get here <laughs> this weekend. It's the uh, the cream ale with strawberries, which you had on when you guys first opened. That was one of your um, original beers. and You'll actually want the Ananasa is the strawberry. Okay, okay. Originally, the Compton was the cream ale with gotcha. strawberries, but since it's now the base beer of just a cream ale, um, so then it's you know Compton Harafa, Compton Ananasa. That makes sense, okay. Um, then you have um, your Belgian triple, which is dummy, uh, with peaches and cinnamon, which I'm really curious about. Uh, the, the cinnamon throws me off. So when I when when you say the the the, the Belgian triple with peaches, I'm like, all right, that makes sense. And when you say peaches and cinnamon, that makes sense. But when you put it together, I'm like, I can't in my head figure that taste out. So I'm I'm excited to try that one too. And then the cantaloupe, which wasn't listed. I don't think it's listed yet, or maybe no, I just it announced not. it yesterday because we didn't know if we could get cantaloupe yet, <laughs> as with many of our beers, until it's growing off the ground or out of a tree <laughs> or something, we can't make it. Right. Um, and that one you you had on last year, at the, was that the anniversary or the birthday yes. party when you had that one? Um, and I, again, couldn't wrap my head around the combination of the triple with cantaloupe, but it was awesome yes <laughs> absolutely awesome and very dangerous because but dummy comes in what's the abv on that one 8.9 and it does not taste like that when you load it up with cantaloupe um you have the how do you pronounce it the sea cow and that was an employee collaboration beer that's the one that won so we brew it until someone else until wins dethrones it um and that was um mark's beer and it is um a red rye. So Saturdays will be a double dry hopped right. version. Uh, then you've got some Toll House. Um, you have uh, Imperial Stout with peanut butter and vanilla. Yeah, so they're Imperial Toll Houses. So we'll have our regular Toll House at 7.9. The Imperials are at 10. Ooh. I don't know that I realized regular Toll House was 7.9 either. Wow. <laughs> that explains a couple things. <laughs> um, and then you also have one with peanut butter and black raspberries. So kind of that peanut butter jelly kind of thing. So the peanut butter is organic. That's all I can say about that. We didn't make it. We did make our own vanilla extract. And the black raspberries are ones that we grew. Then um, the origin of species, which we talked about. You mentioned that there was the pistachio and then the one we're drinking here. And then did you say there was another one? Have you announced There are another two one? others, but they won't be here for the birthday. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then the Amazaka, which if anybody was at the punch out, I think you guys were pouring that there. That's the, uh, the New England IPA with Amarillo Mosaic and Azaka. If you put it together, that's where the name kind of pieces together. I let that <laughs> one fly. Sometimes I just let it pass. <laughs> Um, that's a heck of a lineup. So one of the biggest gripes that I've heard from people is that you guys don't have enough of these different beers when they come into the tap room. You know, people are used to walking into Mad Tree and there's 30 whatever taps of beer and it's always changing and there's, there's just tons of stuff going on and they've got four different brew houses making all of those different beers and you guys for the most part kind of you, you you do keep core beers on tap here and my answer to those people is always just come out on one of these events because it's a whole different world and you get to see some really cool stuff that you may see later down the road return um as one of those kind of regular beers um 
what are you most excited about out of all of these ones? Because you said you have not gone to try them all. I am not the person who's the like, oh, I love peanut butter beer. So I'm interested in those. Right. Um, I don't dislike it. That just wasn't my big thing. That came from the brew house. Um, I had the strawberry cream ale at the summer solstice and we sold out of it, which is why we haven't had it back. And this will be the only, I made us get extra strawberries more than Bob wanted because I just had a feeling we were going to need them and I'm glad we did, or we wouldn't be able to have it for Saturday. Um, so that beer I thought was phenomenal. I love the Harafa. For me, it's really ones that we're using farm ingredients that I went and picked up or I went to the farm or we picked it or um, even though like with the peanut butter ones, you know, the guys made the vanilla extract and we grew the red raspberries. Um, And I think with this stuff about us circulating our beers in our current tap room, we've had eight taps and two used to be wine. Um, And we had some challenges getting someone to convert those two taps for beer, which just happened like two weeks ago when we got our new tap system system installed next door. We had them do that as well. So we do have 10 taps here, still not 20, 30, (laughs) whatever. And then in the new tap room, we have another 10. So um, Saturday, for example, we'll have 15 beers on tap, um, 19 that we can move throughout the day. And I think for people who maybe don't feel like there's as much of a selection, we do at least two new seasonals every month usually. Mm -hmm. So you may not come in and have 20 choices, but if you came in every month, there's new beers. And you know, I mean, by the nature, we're a one barrel brew system, two barrel brew house. Right. It's just not doesn't work that way well, for us. And, you know, people are going to complain no matter what if you are always changing things and somebody walks in here, they're going to be pissed off that they can't get Toll House or can't get Dummy or whatever it may be, their, their beer, you know. You can't win again with everybody. <laughs> well, and with the, with the space next door, that allows us for big events um, to always have 20 on even right. at one time. So. so Let's go ahead and dive into that a little bit and talk about the space next door. So... Um, anybody who's been here has seen that house that's right next door to the brewery. It was at the, the west west yes. side of the, the tap room. Um, you drive up now and there's a beautiful wooden fence around the property. You can see um, a what, goat habitat. <laughs> what is the proper term for where goats live? It's <laughs> the goat, the goat pen, and chicken the goat, pen. Goat, <laughs> and then you can see the, the little chicken coop there. And it's starting to come together into something that uh, we've talked about, but I don't think people really understood the scale of what this all means for for Fibonacci. Talk about that a little bit. What is Fib Farm? Well, and I saw um, a thread somewhere when we announced that last year that somebody was like, what? Like, I don't even get this. What are they doing? What does this have to do with them? Um, Which then, you know... I don't think we've always done a good enough job of telling our story and we continue to work on getting better at that. Um, But from the beginning, the goal has always been to have an urban farm. That is why we bought that property next to the brewery. Um, I don't think we knew that we were going to gut an over a hundred year old house and do all of that and the Airbnbs and everything. It just kind of developed into that. But our goal is to have at least one local ingredient in at least 80% of our beers or more. And we've been doing an amazing job of that. We will continue to grow more of our own ingredients. We partner with a lot of farms. There's a Corv guide, did a beer map. Mm -hmm. You actually helped me um, get them some opening date information (laughs) that they needed for Cincinnati breweries. But this guide shows all the breweries in Cincinnati and Dayton and the number of local ingredients they use. And I think there's three breweries that use five. Everyone else is less than that. And we use 
I think it's officially now like 25. So we're drastically different and we're smaller. So it's not to say to anybody like, oh, you know, one of the bigger breweries, they don't have enough local ingredient typically to be able to do that. But right. we can. That's, that's what we enjoy. That's also a little bit of a cop out for a bigger brewery because like I said, with, with you know, a Mad Tree or a Ryan Guys, they have smaller brew houses in there for some of the, the test stuff and the pilot batches. They could do small batches that are local ingredients, and some of them do. And I yeah, know like I know credit, Mad Tree uses ginger from Carriage House Farm because we wanted ginger right. one year, and he was <laughs> like, "Yeah, my entire crop goes for I think it's Thunder Snow." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think they do when they can sometimes, but and that's not also necessarily who all those breweries are. For us, I'm the big plant grower. I'm the big person who wants to know where our food comes from, know where your beer comes from. I'm the beekeeper, know where your honey comes from. But I think like anybody who ever sat down in this tap room and talked to you guys or really sat down and explored what this place is, even from day one, that's what you were saying. It was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, <laughs> you grow mushrooms in your backyard. That's cool, but that's <laughs> not this. And, nobody, and not those kind of mushrooms, and, and, by no, the way. And no, but nobody got it. Nobody understood what that meant for this long term. But it was always there. It was always this this vision that now, you know, maybe it's shifted and changed a little bit as things have gone in Airbnbs and that kind of stuff. But the core vision was always there. And I think that that's what I, that's one of the things that makes me so uh, happy to see you guys grow up. There, there are lots of very big breweries that have lots of big marketing money behind them and, and big things behind them that as they've grown, they're still just trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to... To, to keep like this this brand of who they are to match up with how they're doing things and it's a constant struggle and like it's I mean granted I'm sure you would say that there are the struggles here too but from from our perspective like you see this come together and it feels natural and it feels right and it feels like it still ties back to that 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 very beginning that very first minute that you walk in here and get what this place is you know like it just makes sense and I think I always saw it. I mean, honestly, it was my vision. I used to think it was Bob's, and then I realized, well, when you have to twist someone's arm to open a brewery and do all these things. Um, and he's a partner in the vision, of course, but I also don't think a lot of people believed it was ever going to happen. And so now they've been able to see it, and I think people are getting even more excited. And I mean... I'm a very sure person about things that if I have a goal, I am going to do what it takes to achieve that goal, which may take time. As right. you know, it's Bob and Betty Bolus and the bank who do this and the bank only gives Bob and Betty so much money. <laughs> um, so we can't get big projects done overnight. They're never million dollar projects, um, not even half million dollar projects. And so, um, you know, last yesterday I was, kind of flipping out because the goat and chicken barns were delivered and then I knew the goats were coming today. So I woke up at 3.30 this morning and have not been back to sleep um, because it's exciting for me. Which, for the record, there are goats next door for anybody. But, I mean, obviously, you're listening to this on Monday. You've seen everybody tweeting about it and talking about it this weekend because everybody's probably going to be really excited that there's goats. Your poor little goats are going to be a little traumatized after this They're weekend. very... <laughs> They're very adapted to humans. So, and that's the other thing. I am going to get them out as they want to be out, as this being their debut. Right. Um, and not to do anything that, you know, if they don't this, feel like coming out, then And this not is not like to. a, it's not a petting zoo. You know, there is not like just a pen that you walk into and hang out with the goats. Like that's, this is a, it's, a, it's an urban farm. It, there is a, a larger kind of picture behind it all. It's not just here for drunk people to torment animals. Like, that's not the point of this. So Not at all. Although, you can sit over there by the fence and stick your hand through and wave it around, and maybe they'll come over and you can battle. <laughs> well, and we... So, with the farmer's market that we started this year, our hope is next year that we'll have our own goat soap, our own eggs to sell, honey. Um, and then, with another thing that will be happening... At some point in August, I'm thinking, 
we'll start doing Thursday night happy hours with the goats. And I will be here and I will get them out and people will be able to hang out. And Are you going to do goat yoga? Eventually, yes. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't really understand the point of goat yoga, but I know that it's kind of this thing that happens all around town. So, Yeah, and we had a lot of questions about that. I mean, of course, people want to do it, so we're going to. Um, you know that thing about being the first. We actually did think we were going to get to be the first in Cincinnati to do it, but there is a farm in northern Kentucky that does goat yoga at different bars and breweries. So, But... It'll be our goats here in our beer garden. <laughs> so my next question about the beer garden, the fence is beautiful. The fence is not this fence. I mean, the goats have their own other fence that is a little more goat uh, proof. This one is not. Does that mean that we're never going to see those goats just kind of roaming around mowing the grass for you guys? We're not sure yet. Um, that's what we were talking to our carpenter about, whether or not we put some additional fencing there. Um, I do have tethers for them, but it's something I would only do if <laughs> like I'm the there. Thing, the little stake in yes. the yard like a dog? Yes. <laughs> um, <That's> awesome. <laughs> I want to try to train them on them, but again, we can only do that with them if one of us is here right. because we don't want them getting hung up or anything. And Bob's very excited and asking about the mowing, but they technically, <laughs> he's very picky. And I'm like, they don't mow like it's a mower. It's not going to be like a nice little row that's cut. and Right. They browse. They're going to, right. <laughs> and they honestly prefer things at like face height. We have a lot of weeds and brush for them to clean up and we have a whole wooded area. So, so let's talk about the beer garden a little bit. Um, I, the, the plans were published last year, I think, when the announcement was made. So people kind of got to see this bigger picture of what this is going to be. Again, down the road, it's going to be. Um, talk about that a little bit, too, and what this... Because it is, it's beer garden. garden. It's a garden for beer. Like it's, the garden definitely comes first in this, whereas a lot of people call it a beer garden. It's just a gravel square with a couple of picnic tables and some lights. So... Talk about that a little bit. So we call that space, we call it a beer garden, but we also call it Fib Farm. So like Fib, short for Fibonacci, that's our urban farm area. Um, and the UC DAP students for horticulture and architecture did a plan for us that's a lot of permaculture. Um, and then really every plant that they planned out and recommended either serves a pollinator purpose so our honeybees that we'll be expanding to, it'll be either six or seven hives next year versus the two we have now. And then, um, so it's either a pollinator purpose and or something we can use in beer. Um, so that'll be throughout the beer garden. And then this year, I'm t I tell people, we'll have stuff for you to sit on over there. <laughs> um, and we have a fence, which the state approves. They love it. Um, and then... The hope over time is to continue to put those plants in, to have an actual, I don't know if it's going to be gravel, paved, whatever, right. in the middle. Um, we'd like to have a place that music can set up. Um, and then last year, I started doing some of the plantings with all the bushes and trees throughout the property. But then someone decided to dig up a tree and take it which brett and i were talking because urban had someone break one of their trees which i just i don't understand don't people get. sometimes um at least ours didn't get ruined i don't think because it appears it was totally dug up and just taken it's a lot of work <laughs> i know it's a whole lot of work to steal a tree so i've got three to replace that one for this fall um somebody stole my b sign out back too that was like you know, beware and they're working hard and these are the things they do. Um, which most of the time, everything's very positive, but right. every now and then, you know, something happens that you're like, why? Um, but yes, yeah, so plantings, more trees <laughs> to replace stolen ones, um, seating, Places entertainment to sit outside. areas. So you guys have a great patio, but it's a covered patio. You're not sitting out with, trees and sitting with the sun on you and that kind of thing which you know granted it's not super sunny over there because you do have some really great trees but you get to be outside with more of this natural kind of setting around you which again 
is the whole Fibonacci idea. You know, this, this patio is, it's a patio. It's not, it doesn't come back to that idea. Whereas this very much is, it's all like, it's so perfect for what this vision is. And we've been doing yoga over there and because it's shaded, I mean, it's even on the hundred degree or whatever day that was, it wasn't that bad. Yes, that was that the day. day. That, that was the day our air conditioner went out. For the record, <laughs> welcome to my life. Do you have a pool um, to go somewhere? Uh, yeah, her parents have a pool. The the Mrs. Gnome, her parents. <laughs> yeah, but over there, it's almost always. It seems like twenty degrees cooler in the shade or something. It's really nice. I feel like it's more like a park over there than a. Well, and that's, that's what I like, you know, and that's, I like the idea of having, you know, gravel over a paved path because I like some of that, like, more natural feel to it. Like, I want this to feel like I'm at a farm or whatever it may be. I, want, I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, sitting on a patio in the middle of Mount Healthy, which you are, but I don't, I don't want to feel that. I want, I, breweries are kind of an escape from all of that stuff and... Um, I think this is going to do that very well. So let's talk about the tap room slash the Airbnbs slash the building that's right there. Talk about that a little bit. Um, when did the idea come about to do Airbnbs, number one? And how did that come about? Um, I feel like it had to have been over two years ago. And I think Bob and Jenny both had talked about it I think I had talked about a, a B&B using the whole building but when the state said people couldn't walk across the driveway that's when we decided second tap room in that piece we have a beer delivery it was it was very quick in podcast world <laughs> now we're talking this is this is urban artifacts so style. it was not it will not be it was not this the first 20 pours might be like that okay so the first 20 pours so get there early if you want, <laughs> if you want. and we did say when we were serving it you see some strawberry seeds i mean it's real strawberries. it's real fruit and I, I think that when you know the, speaking of urban because they're down the street and they really like fruit um when they opened their doors, there was definitely an education thing that had to happen too of trying to explain to people the difference between using an extract of some kind of fruit, natural or otherwise, but versus using real fruit and, and what that does to the beer, what you can expect, what you can not expect, you know. And I think you guys have a much more educated um, group of drinkers that understand kind of things may look a little different when there's real fruit beginning of the keg into the keg that kind of thing yeah and you know that'll be people who even say you know why don't you have a pumpkin beer yet and it's september and we say well the pumpkins aren't ready um that's delicious <laughs> even with all of the wonderful pieces of <laughs> strawberries that are in there that's awesome <laughs> um this one is exciting for me because, <clears throat> like we said before, this was one of those original ones, and it was great when you guys open. But I think the beer has progressively gotten a lot better here than it was then, and um, this is leaps and bounds over what it was when you guys opened your doors. And yeah, and Bob and Sam, you know, I think Bob said he learned more in his first year brewing here than he did in eight years of home brewing right. um and they've worked really hard to do many different things to continue to improve and refine the beers so and even dealing with me being like <laughs> i want us to make something with this or um and figuring out how do we break down all this fruit or these <laughs> vegetables or whatever we're using so um this is and this is the the Compton cream ale with strawberries for but what's the name of there's a name Ananasa so that's one of the scientific names and for all strawberries of, all of these are going to be in bombers too 
Not the fruits. Okay, so not the not the Compton. Uh, the the other Compton will be though, right? The uh, with the um, the Thai basil, honey, and lemon. Oh yes, the Harafa Compton. Um, so this one won't. What about so none? Not the triple the with peaches. Not the Toll triple. House raspberries. Yes, the peanut butters will be in bottles. What about lower gravity? Um, no, I don't think that one is. I'm trying to pull up my. That's also a new thing. Well, I don't know, not new, but um, you guys are keeping bombers on a regular basis now where you can just walk into the tap room and get a bomber. The, the selection of what's here might change a little bit, but you always have something that people can take home in a bomber with them, which um, I think is, is also awesome. Yeah, we did our first bottle release a year ago for our third birthday. Right. And then, I don't know, maybe four to six months later, started doing bottles regularly and have kept that up since. Um, I think it makes things a little more convenient too for some of those, like uh, the, uh, the, the toll house with the toll house caps, you know, with the, uh, the hot peppers that I know that causes some issues when it's on tap here provides yep. a place for that to exist where somebody can take it. Um, I still had a bottle of that sitting around from the first release that I just kept, I kept sitting on it thinking, all right, the, the heat's going to die down. The heat's going to die down. And the other day, uh, it's been, I don't, it was whatever episode we did the, uh, um, kids and dogs and brewery show that night after the show, we cracked it open and my God, it was still as hot as ever. <laughs> might, might've even been worse. <laughs> it's good to have the regular toll house to split it with, man, it was or hot. cut it with. <laughs> Yeah, it's not my thing, just because <laughs> if, I can't do stuff If you that like hot, hot beers, though, it is, it is right up there with some of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to what we were talking about before, the, uh, the Airbnbs. So the idea kind of came about instead of doing just a bed and breakfast, you can convert the upstairs into a couple small Airbnb, Airbnbs and then turn the bottom into the tap room downstairs which enables people to be able to drink in the beer garden because the way the wonderful laws are written in the state, if you, and correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, if you're going to have the driveways going to the back where there's the small parking lot, if you're going to have those be active, there's no way to turn that into a, uh, a beer garden that's attached to this tap room unless you dig a tunnel or build a giant bridge. Right. <laughs> right. They were open to ideas. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then it allows us to have private events. So we used to have a lot of private events on Sundays when we weren't open. Um, and then when we started being open five days a week, that kind of took away because we only had one tap room, but now there are two. We also talked about doing a restaurant over there at one point or having someone else do it or, so there were a lot of ideas for that, but allowing people to drink in the beer garden kind of dictated in its own right that that would be a tap room but then I was listening to your um, podcast with darkness and that is something on our plan for like I don't know what you call it phase three or something Um, which would be great if that's next year I don't know if that's possible but we need to have our own food option would it be a food truck like darkness went with or would you do something a little more permanent feeling you know in the beer garden or something like that so i feel like right now (laughs) it's going to keep in mind whatever she says it could very well change i feel like right now it would be a food truck minus the truck and it would be in the beer garden and then in the winter we would pull it over here where our normal food truck parking is um and then I feel like it would be very Fibonacci, like farm to table. I would want an extremely small menu, just done. I will say this well. about the way this place is set up, and um, I know you guys are pretty dead set on the parking lot in the back, but 
Well, we have another idea for that too. You you also have this really great little takeout window that is in behind your bar, which would be very convenient in the wintertime if you had something right there that is also very conveniently right against the beer garden on the other side. There's there's a lot of really fun things that could be done with that, but then you lose um, your massive parking Our lot. Our six parking spots. If anybody who has ever complained about parking at Fibonacci, which I've never heard anybody complain about that, but I'm sure you have. There's a ton of street parking. There's a ton, like not just right in front in of you guys here. In both sides of the There's street. There's so much street parking here and places you can park down some of these other streets around here. And it's nice to walk around. You can walk a block in Mount Healthy and enjoy yourself walking, you know? It's, it's not something to complain about here. Yeah, so we have a potential parking idea that I'm not ready parking to share garage. because I don't know. It definitely won't be that. Um, Cincinnati's first. But... <laughs> Um, the food thing is definitely on our radar and in the meantime of doing that food truck minus the truck part, there may be something in between there too, just so we have something more than like cheese balls and pretzels, right? which are also awesome for the record. But all of the reasons that darkness had talked about on your, it's the same reasons. And I think we both opened the same year. I think they opened maybe like the month before us or something. That sounds about right. But at that time, you could open a brewery and not have a food option, which I don't necessarily think is the case anymore. Um, but well, it's becoming harder and harder. And we talked uh, on the Punch Out show, which was, what, two weeks ago? And then last week we were at the Co Food Park with a bunch of food truck owners. Those those two weeks we kind of got two perspectives on the food options of owning a brewery and trying to have something, and on the other side trying to operate a food truck and work with breweries. And it's gotten, in my opinion, to be a little bit of a mess on a lot of different levels um, from from both sides. Um, there really isn't an easy way around that as a uh, as a brewery that's trying to give people what they want, which is a place where they can go and sit and hang out and not worry about, all right, now it's dinner time. We got to grab some food. So I, I don't yeah. know the solution. I think it's different for everybody. And uh, I'm again, curious and excited to see how you guys solve that problem for you guys in a way that is very Fibonacci. You know, it's uh, it has to fit that, that personality of what this place is. And that'll be fun to see how you do that. Well, and I said after this, we were done, but then, then there's the food, right. and then I don't know that we're done <laughs> after that. Like, I want to be done, <laughs> Well, it's but I think it's ever-evolving, so. Yeah, there's, there's lots of different ways of growing a brewery, and you see some places that it's just expand, 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 be bigger, be bigger, be bigger, and that's, that's their, their method of growing. And then there's places like you guys where, you know, I, I, I'm sure that the discussion of uh, a little bit bigger brew house is out there, but I don't know that it's ever the focus. And I don't know that if it ever happens, it'll be a huge change. No, we do. <laughs> and it is eventually. And it's a three barrel. See, that's. And that's only <laughs> to make their brew day better. <laughs> Truly. It's not about putting out more beer. It's right. about maximizing on their sweat equity right and just it would make sense and especially when we brew higher gravity beers now they'll mash in three times sometimes four so it would be nice to fill our two barrel fermenters by <laughs> brewing once right and but then that three barrel would allow for those higher gravity beer mashings right so the that's where they're at the method of growth then for a place like Fibonacci becomes perfecting these other parts of the experience that aren't necessarily a focus to somebody else who is just trying to cram in another five fermenters or whatever it is. It's, so it's, it's, it's a very different type of, of growth here. And one that I think is, is refreshing. You know, it's not that same model. It's, it's not a model that you see anywhere definitely here in Cincinnati, but I 
think much bigger than that. I obviously I'm not familiar with every brewery in the country, but I don't know that there's a lot of other places that exist like this. There's farm breweries. I'm looking for another urban farm brewery. So if anybody listening to this knows of any in other states or whatever, I would love to know. I don't think we're the only because, again, we always talk about Simpsons did it. Like somebody's done it, whatever. They have to have in my mind. But when we've been to Denver or Portland or these places where you're like, if they did it, it has to be here. But then real estate costs are so expensive. People can't buy an acre next door like we did and just turn it into a farm. They need to put something on it to manufacture more beer. Right. The, the closest that I've ever seen is out in Athens with Little Fish. Yes. That is the absolute closest thing point. to what Fibonacci is. Now, they don't have goats. Right. But if he comes here, he might get some goats <laughs> <laughs> because it's really cool. Um, talk a little bit more about um, the event this weekend slash last weekend because, um, I mean, I guess we should still talk about it even though, in theory, it kind of already happened but didn't really already happen. Um, what do people? What can people expect when they come out for your birthday parties? Because you will have one again next year. Yeah, so I think, um, well, I, we talked about 15 beers on tap at one time and 19 beers to cycle through during the day. Uh, Bottles available. We have a food truck, which is pretty typical. Um, This is the Italian truck, which we have not had before. And I said, I think Fibonacci, who's Italian, would totally approve of that for his birthday. Um, Music, so we have Xander Wells playing during the day. He's a great um, folk and blues singer that People should be banging down our doors when this guy plays here, which he does every month because he's just that talented. And then in the evening we have, I don't know if it's your favorite band of all time. I know they played your wedding. Uh I think I have to call them my favorite band (laughs) of all time because they played my wedding. But Hunting Agnes. And they've played every year for our birthday. They've been the headliner. I I say in quotes. Um... And then the other thing that I think is unique to anyone's birthday, I think, again, who knows somewhere (laughs) somebody's done it, um, will be that the goats will be here. And if they cooperate, which I think they will, because they're both just super, super friendly and very people friendly, um, then I'll get them out and let them hang out and people pet them and... Um, and then, and then the beer garden will be open and then there'll be a sneak peek of the new tap room, which isn't totally finished and people can use the facilities in there. So it's the, the idea of a birthday party at Fibonacci again is very different than a lot of the anniversary parties that you see around everybody. Not that everybody doesn't have food trucks and live music and new beers, but just the way it's celebrated and the way it feels when you come here, it feels like you're pulling up to like your, your neighbor's barbecue kind of thing. Like it's just, it feels different. And I don't know, I don't know if that's like by design or if it just works because of this personality you guys have built here. I I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how, how you were able to to create that. I I don't know. I mean, I think, as our carpenter said, you open a place and then you see who comes, and that kind of dictates what it will be in some ways. And I think, and you wrote that article the other week, and one of the part, it was a great article, all of it, but one of the things that stuck out to me was the part where you said people had said to you that, Mount Healthy couldn't support a brewery or something to that regard. And the people of Mount Healthy are the most diehard support, care, give of this business and so many of the other local businesses here. Um, So I feel like if a business goes out of business in Mount Healthy, it's not because the community didn't try their best to support it. Um, and you know, people will look at socioeconomics of this neighborhood or anything like that. And 
I'm not saying everybody can afford to come in every single week and run up a $50 tab, but people will support you in so many ways. And even with setting up the farmer's market, um, which was another thing we worked on for like two years because we also had to get city approval because they had some weird law that like businesses can't sell (laughs) outside of a business or something. Um, But I've had farmers who have done other farmers market say it's not possible. I've had one drive out and say, I looked at your neighborhood and all of that. And like, nobody's going to buy. This isn't possible. Again, it's not possible. It's not possible. We've had three wildly successful farmers markets and the vendors are happy. And so we're doing that monthly. We plan on doing it again next year monthly. I think we might add a couple months. Um, we'll be adding some vendors, of course, too, if we can. But You guys do those on what, the first Sunday of mm-hmm. the month? Is that right? The first Sunday in the month. But again, it's one of those things where like people are walking up. People are... I, it's just amazing to me, the support. And so I think um, when you talk about that feel or whatever, I mean, I'd love to give Bob and I credit, but I don't know. And that's, I can never figure that out. Like why, why does one place like this fall into place so perfectly for what it's supposed to be? And then you see other places that struggle to, figure that out or to develop it around this idea that they have. And is it, you know, is it the credit to the people running it? Is it the credit to the neighborhood that they're in? Is it the credit to like, I don't know. Like I, it's the, still this, like this mystery piece of it that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Well, and as part of the poll that you should do in your mind, do the people live in that community? I don't know if that's the answer or not, but like Bob and I live in Mount Healthy. Right. And we did for nine years before we started opening the brewery. So we had a good sense of our community. We were our community. Right. We loved that we had other urban farms in this community. Um, I don't know. If looking back now, if you could go back to when you were opening this place, would you do anything differently? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I would have asked the bank for more money. (laughs) And I would have, ideally, I wish we could have opened with everything that we already have now and the food. So if I could be like a year from now when we opened... But do you think it would work the same way if you did? Do you think if you opened on day one with an urban farm and with a food option there, like, would it be the same thing? I don't or, know. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, maybe being part of this growth as a, as a customer is part of what makes it so special and what makes you um, feel so tied to this place I'm again I don't know either. I, I have no idea I'm just posing the question <laughs> yeah I don't know if that would be the only thing I would change though it wouldn't be that I would change who we are or any of that um maybe some business relationships like our original <laughs> bank that just doesn't have their act together even to this day um but yeah, I think overall it would just be I getting everything, having everything at the beginning. But and that's one of those things too, like maybe we wouldn't appreciate it as much. Like maybe I wouldn't have woken up at 3:30 in the morning flipping out because I was so excited to get the goats because I've been waiting for that for 2 plus years. Well, and and if from day 1 you had the space next door, maybe you wouldn't have had a separate tap room. Maybe you wouldn't have had Airbnbs. And part of that is what is going to become part of this personality of what Fibonacci has going forward too. And so it does change everything. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to kind of figure out what that would look like. Like what was meant to be. Right. Uh, somebody walked in the door right now and asked you for advice on opening a brewery today. What would you tell them? I tell them they have to have food. <laughs> 
because it happens. You just need food. Make sure you have food. It does happen. And I'm, and you know, you talk about this on your podcast and everybody talks about this is like, is the market saturated? Blah, blah, blah. And then people will say, oh, small ones. And there's still plenty of neighborhoods. That's the way to go. And then people will say, you know, I don't know, many different things or ideas. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a lot of work. It's a lot of research, education, learning, um, having the right people in your corner when it comes to your accountant and your lawyer and all of those. Um, I think, yeah, I still think food's a big one, but I don't know about any other really specific things like size of brew house or do you have to have a for sure brand and identity or is it just a neighborhood needs a brewery and you'll open and be successful there? I like to believe you should have a sure brand and identity. And quite frankly, anymore, what was being said four or five years ago, like we're a community brewery. We focus on our community. We love our community, all of that stuff. So does everybody. Right. And it's not even just breweries. There are coffee shops that do that. There are plenty of people who do that. So I think it really is for me, and I have to go back to that with our staff, with Bob, constantly to say, but that is not our brand. That is not who we are. And so continuing to refine that with certain things, like I don't want to participate in this event anymore because it's really not us and it's not worth our time doing it. Let's do this instead. So for example, I think six breweries are going from the state are going to be at the Ohio State Fair this year. We are one of them. Would I typically go to Columbus? Do we distribute beer in Columbus? We barely distribute beer in Cincinnati. But the fair... Animals, farmers, growers, that is us. Listen up, uh, any fairs around here. So I spent last weekend at the Butler County Fair baking in the heat in the pig barn, just desperate for cold beer. <laughs> Listen up and bring places like this in. <laughs> the Ohio State Fair has a whole big new beer, craft beer because they're talking about the impact right. that the industry has had on the state. So almost a billion um, in revenue, all the 8,000 some jobs, I'm probably like butchering all these numbers of what I remember, sound good. <laughs> but, um, and how it lines up with agriculture. Um, you know, we are overseen by the Ohio department of agriculture because of what we put into our beer. It comes from the earth. It is grown from the earth. Um, so we'll see how it goes this year. Will I say that was totally pointless for us to go to Columbus. Um, I don't know, but I at least wanted to try it versus some other things that we've done where I'm like, great event. I'll attend that event, but I don't know that we need to participate in that, which is why people don't see us at certain things a lot. But it's also, it's a different world in Cincinnati now than it was in 2015. You, could go to pretty much every event that had other breweries at because that's what you did. It was part of part of being a brewery in Cincinnati was just going to everything and being part of everything. Whereas now there's a whole lot of crap going on on any given weekend. There's something going on. You can kind of be a little pickier and choosier about where you push you versus you could then. I think it's, it's different. It's always changing. It's evolving. It's a, you have to kind of find your place in all of that. Well, and that's what I said too, at four years old, we are now older than, (laughs) and I don't mean now older. We've been right. Well, at some point we were older, but more than half the breweries, we are older than more than half. And when we opened another brewery did not open for almost a year. Yeah, it was. So that's how many have opened in the last three. There was a very weird um, break right there between you guys and the next one. So after you guys opened, you're talking about places like municipal, uh, street side, wooden cask, um, Madry (laughs) 2.0, Brink. I mean, all of these places um, happened after you guys did. Uh, It's, you know, you, you right now are the 
24th oldest brewery in Cincinnati. And that's counting Miller up in Trenton. That's counting Sam Adams as the big production facility. That's counting Hofbrau and Rock Bottom and places like that. Like that's, that's it's crazy. It's crazy that four is old or older. <laughs> yeah. That's, You're like mid age. We're like middle aged. Well, and, and if you four. really, when you really look at the age of places, um, you guys were 2015, most everything else is 2012 and and newer. Like there's not a lot before that point even. So there's, we're a very young city. We're still figuring this out. And um, how old are you in brewery years? <laughs> in brewery years. <laughs> we're 75 in, in brewery, brewery years. years I am 10, we're probably 000. like 40. <laughs> <laughs> you may be. Um, what else do you want people to know about Fibonacci that you feel like they don't know? Because I, I struggle constantly. I feel like people have some kind of vision of what this place is and they just haven't, haven't even seen this and what this is becoming. And I, you know, becoming is such a weird word because it's what it's always really been. It just hadn't developed yet. And I think it depends on what people are looking for. Right. So like, you could come in on a night and it be very laid back, not packed to the brim of people. You could come in with certain, we use a lot of locally grown Mount Healthy musicians. You could come in on one of those nights and it could be crazy busy. You could come on a day that the farmer mar- farmer's market happens. Um, you could come to the sol- summer solstice. Um, the summer solstice was... Well, I'm assuming after the birthday um, will be our second largest event of this year. So we'll be doing the vernal autumnal equinoxes, also winter solstice. Um, So, I mean, we're still trying to figure some of that out because I also have really tried to hold fast to like, I don't want to just do something to try to make money and bring people in the door. That sounds like the worst business person ever, but like, I don't want to just have a trivia night, but that it it sounds like the worst business person in the world, but that's also like it. That shouldn't be the motivator of, of why like you don't get into beer to make money. You get into beer because of lots of other bigger, um, bigger loftier kind of ambitions of what this all means. And so in the summer solstice in the farmer's market this is yeah and the summer solstice and the farmer's market which are true to our brand and identity are a perfect example of when you stay true to that where that return is because people show up because it makes sense to go to that at fibonacci doesn't necessarily make sense to go to a summer solstice somewhere else i'm not saying another brewery in the city couldn't pull it off but like is there another one that it would make sense for there to be a summer solstice? I don't know that. Maybe right. like Mount Carmel. Um, I don't know. But um, so, yeah, I'm, I haven't been willing to just throw any kind of event to try to bring people in and make money. And as you're aware, I don't have, I quit my full time day job. Now it's been, I guess it's been three and a half months which has allowed me to invest so much more time in this expansion, in putting together different events, in pairing beers appropriately with those events. You quit your other job and suddenly there's goats and a a, a chicken house and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) I've been keeping track and I'll tell Bob like what, you know, from a revenue perspective, what (laughs) I've already done. Some kind of big chart on the wall, see? (laughs) For the brewery, not for me. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to continue to be more and more of that. So I encourage people, if you like our beer, to come and continue to have our beer. If you want a packed house, come to some of our bigger events. Um, If you want that kind of community feel, Friday, Saturdays are typically good for that with the different musicians that we have that are local. Um, we have a wine night on Wednesdays. Um, we'll be doing the goat happy hour on Thursdays very (laughs) soon, which again, makes sense for us, right? So come hang out with our goats in our beer garden. 
Um, that is something that nobody else can say in Cincinnati. <laughs> not in Cincinnati, but again, probably someone in this country or something. Um, so yeah, I really feel like there's something here for everyone unless you hate fresh ingredients, you hate plants, <laughs> you hate good music, you hate people who smile, you you know, like, right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but we're definitely not who some of the other breweries are and we won't be. And so if your preference is, I don't know, brewery A and you want us, you know, that's what you want every brewery to be like, then maybe we aren't for you. And I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, and I, I, You'll fight the good fight for us every time, and I appreciate that, but sometimes I'm okay with it too. Like, Well, and I don't ever want you guys to be brewery anybody. I, I want you guys to be Fibonacci, and I, I that's what I love about you guys is that you are who you are. Like, this is, the, if you want to go to, a nano brewery that has, you know, locally grown ingredients that has goats that live next door and a beer garden that's beautiful. And, you know, sits in the, like, this is where you go. Like, this is that spot. If you want to go to Madry, go to Madry. If you want to go to Rangeist, go to Rangeist. They're also not that different than each other. They're not that different. Braxton throw them in. The th- they're kind of the same place. The beer is different. The people are different. But they're breweries. They're, they, they don't have the same thing going on that you guys have going on. Well, and um, I always said like with Ryan guys, because they're the largest. So I would compare us to them sometimes and be like, they brew once and they brew what we brew in a year or whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, they can also have like a kickball game in their tap room. Like yeah. we'd never do that, but we're not trying to do that. And I think they're tend to be on brand and identity with who they are. Right. Um, but yeah. So if at the end of the day, we are who we are. We're going to continue to become that more and more. And I would love everyone <laughs> to want to be a part of it. Um, but I realize that's not always the case. So I've, I've sat up here in the tap room before and seen Brett from Urban Artifact wander in and sit down at the bar and just kind of longingly stare at this place. And I think in his head, he's wishing he worked here. <laughs> We'll put them behind the bar any night. <laughs> I, think, I think that there is a lot of people that feel that. This is something that is very special. And um, I, I do think is that other people kind of envy this idea and that this idea does exist and it can be done. Um, should we drink another beer? Sure. And through the magic of podcasting, we have beer. <laughs> um, so this is... The Compton Harappa? Harafa. Harafa. I'm terrible terrible at half of your names of beers. But they make me smarter. We just let people make up their pronunciations. (laughs) Um, Honey, basil, lemon. Is that right? Yeah. So honey from Carriage House Farms. Thai basil from Running Creek Farm here in Mount Healthy. And then organic lemon. Maybe someday I will get fruit tree or citrus trees and bring them in for the winter, but we're not even close to that point right. yet. This was another one that the first time you guys made it, I thought there was too much basil for me. It was very uh, savory, uh, and, and that's okay, but it wasn't what I wanted. It was warm outside. I wanted to sit and drink something crisp, clean, refreshing, and this is perfect for that like it's still you definitely get that basil more um in the aroma versus the the taste the lemon is not overpowering yes this is this is good this is awesome and perfect for a sunny day sitting in a beer garden it's perfect hanging out with goats which it's, we were just hanging out with <laughs> on our little break people don't know we had a break it was like a, <laughs> a blink of an eye um so if you haven't been to Fibonacci, come to Fibonacci. If you aren't following them on social media, follow them on social media because um, there is not only is there a lot of fun stuff that's happening already. Um, you guys do lots of little, you know, Fib Farm workshop kind of things. You do. You said you mentioned yoga over in the beer garden stuff like that. But I imagine um, in the near future, there's going to be a whole lot more now that there's stuff going on next door <laughs> so and that i have time but uh, yeah so we do have a fib farm workshop coming up 
I think it's, it's toward the end of August. I don't want to say the date in case I'm wrong, but that one is with Hamilton County Recycling and Waste and is about food preservation and waste and food savings, which I think it's a great time of year because anyone who has gardens is harvesting. It's like, how do you make your basil last longer? How do you make, what do I do with all these tomatoes? How do you keep your lettuce fresh? Yeah. Um, because their biggest thing is they don't want stuff, food going to waste. So, um, I think it's a great time of year for it. It will be free. Um, and then more than likely we'll be doing a mushroom, growing course this fall that I will put on um, for people who want to cultivate mushrooms so but even other things to come so so just follow on social media um, and like I said get out here to the tap rooms because there's going to be another tap room and um, that whole thing is going to be fun to watch how how you guys figure that out too and now <laughs> um, if you don't already subscribe to the show, subscribe to Sensi Brewcast. Um, there's probably a button in whatever your app is that you're listening to the show. Just click on it and subscribe and share it with your friends um, because that's the, the biggest thing that gets, gets more people to know about the show is just you telling them about it. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash the gnarly gnome. If you want to call and leave your drunk messages, 567-70-DRINK. Um, and if it's something that's really good or really bad, maybe we'll play it on the show. So, um, do that and, uh, get out and go have a beer because, um, supporting local beers, what this is all about. Thanks. Any parting words? Nope. But thanks for your supporting. (laughs) Thank you for, for your supporting. You, um, have always been one of the, um, biggest fans of, of what the gnome is about and that, uh pushes me forward when um sometimes it's not as easy as others so um everybody keep listening i think next week we're at braxton on the rooftop i believe maybe not we'll see that show's been moved around like 40 times in the last month so i think it's next week and then after that we've got some other really fun stuff coming up including uh some drinking with the gnome stuff and uh I promise that show's coming back. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs>